Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. Greg McBride and Mike Lung, we're back in the saddle. First time in the studio together since uh, August, Mike. So welcome back. Or I guess it's welcome back to me since I've been out of the office. Right. Yeah, it's been a while, and I'm glad to finally have someone to talk to besides the wall. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, markets have been on fire. I think the March 31st report uh, really kind of set things uh, in motion uh, for this obviously latest leg up. But as we've talked about, it kind of feels like we've seen a shift in who's running the show right now. There for a long time, it was all about the soybeans and the corn was was following. Now, it seems like corn is the one that's that's running things. What are you seeing that's a little bit different here lately? And why is it that here at this peak insanity of these markets that it doesn't feel like uh, beans really have a reason to be doing what they're doing? Yeah, on the bean side of things, they have not been as willing as the corn market to continue to jump and run higher. It's been a lot of just all tag along kind of motion you're not seeing a ton of new entrants in the market and you've been seeing beans set back pretty well intraday and it makes a little recovery it backs off a little bit but not the excitement that you're seeing on corn that continues to break higher and it could be due to south america and they're smaller than normally expected not normally expected but smaller than expected crop from december where we were sitting with a potential 110 and now it's down to a 104.1 based on South America estimates and still above the 102 last year, but just that shrinking of crop idea. Um, you have people talking about North Dakota and everything dryness there. Are they going to take a big hit? And especially with their planning intention report, like you talked about from the 31st, not seeing those acres there, will they get planted? Are we gonna throw in the extra acres like everyone's expecting? Or are we going to see the, at this point, 50th bullish report out of the USDA and markets just keep saying, yeah, I'll I'll go with it. Well, and and another area that's interesting that uh, probably isn't going to get as much press about this is is the Delta and how wet they have been down there. I mean, it has been one of those situations where in talking with some customers, they've gotten planted, they've replanted, they've replanted their replant. And so now we're at the point where – they're going to they're probably their next step is to do prevent plant or some sort of insurance claim against uh maybe some corn acres maybe some bean acres maybe some cotton acres something like that but you know what's what's one of the things that uh, looks different uh, just from you know 30,000 foot view when it comes to corn and beans is that since January, we've had no real change or no real spike in demand for soybeans. And we've kind of hovered around this 120 uh, area for, for ending stocks, whereas the corn went from 1.5 billion to down to 1.35 billion. And yet we've seen big demand out of China. We've heard about more demand coming from China. I think uh, they're over the course of what, one or two weeks back at the end of January, they bought, uh, what was it, uh, four to six million metric tons of uh, of corn. We've heard here over the last few weeks that they're, they're looking at three million metric tons of old crop corn. They're looking at maybe another uh, another four of new crop in the short term. So the demand story continues to, to drive, but with the lower acres than expected in, in on that March report, it's almost like they, they don't realize that if you do continue to see higher prices, 
that just gives us a reason to to plant more corn even if we are planting beans at a faster clip than normal and we're planting corn at a faster clip than normal we are corn is king in this country that is that is how things generally go there are certain spots where it makes more sense to plant beans but corn is the king at this point mm-hmm. yeah and continues to do so but just like you talked about with this whole crop new crop demand uh we make comparisons to all the other bullish years and 2008, 2010, 11, 12. You saw the market as a whole run up really well. And especially here recently, you've seen more so the old crop that's been continuing to lead everything and not pulling the new crop up with it as you would expect if it's going to continue to be bullish. So. It will be interesting to see if China comes in the mix. They still haven't picked up or haven't imported the crop that they picked up at right before the trade meeting between Biden and Xi or our representatives. Um, And it's still a potential issue that they can come in here and cancel it. And what they still have for outstanding, if they cancel at all, not saying they are, but if they canceled everything right now, we'd be right back up to 1.8 billion bushel mm-hmm. carryout, which goes back to the point of why are beans not rallying at the same rate? And to make the case for beans as well, you're not only seeing with the beans, but you're also seeing with the bean meal. And there's reports across the country that it's so difficult to find bean meal, mm-hmm. but yet it's off its highs and not really showing a lot of wants to return towards its highs, at least in the very short term. Right, and, and with the idea that um, this new administration wants to go to more of a biodiesel mix as far as fuel and, and whatnot. That does give you the idea that we're going to need to continue to crush at a pretty exceptional rate. So there should be meal available. Mm-hmm. If we're going to, if we're going to use the bean oil, uh, that's, you know, that's just a byproduct of, of crushing those beans. We're going to have the meal to go along with it. So, you know, that's one of those things. But at this point, you know, now we're talking about, what are livestock producers doing as far as rations? Because all of these, all of these uh, feeds are getting insanely expensive. Corn in the old crop at seven dollars, or new crop corn being you know five seventy-five uh, to six dollars, and talking about uh, bean meal where it's you know four hundred dollars per ton or four hundred twenty dollars per ton, and and all that. These are these are insane prices, and and. There's something that I I've been noticing, and I don't know exactly how to how to how to quantify it, or exactly how to how to look at it from a marketing perspective. But I cannot remember a year where we've gone into expiration of a contract and we've actually been building the inverse in the in the next. Uh, uh, to the next contract the way that we have this year. Corn and soybeans have done that here where you've got a 55 to 65 cent inverse in May over July corn. And it's similar in, in beans where you've seen that inverse just continue to grow going into expiration of that contract. What do you, how do you explain that? Or what, what, what's a way to look at that that uh, helps our, our listeners to understand what's going on? Yeah, so it's been seeming like, based on that spread, you've had a lot of people that were short the May having to get out. And if they were the only ones, say, left in the contract, 
there's no one else in there that has to get out by selling it. So you get that short squeeze, you get that move up. Yesterday, you very well could have seen some of the longs exit positions take advantage of that extra move. Uh, but it's a very interesting conundrum that we're facing. And whether or not this means that the short term is still bullish, I think is a very interesting way to look about it, especially with the December to the July of next year still holding a carry. So we have this massive, massive inverse right now saying we need corn right now, this instant, get it to me, which goes back to, are we waiting for South America to finish up their harvest, get their crop out? And with how overpriced we are compared to Argentina or what kind of a premium we have to them, we've seen it before we import from them and mm -hmm. very well could be what we're waiting for. And you have all these ethanol plants and you have these producers or these commercials looking to buy as much as possible in order to get them to that. But what happens when they get what they need in order to hold them over and this potentially turns over mm -hmm. because it's not regular and we're seeing a very emotional market. And on top of it, you're seeing managed money that was liquidating and not just longs that were liquidating, but also shorts that were liquidating. Managed money is looking to sideline themselves. And if as a whole managed money does that, you have a heck of a lot more longs in that market than you do shorts. Shorts are at a historical low points for positions held by managed money while longs are sitting extremely high and then you also have the spreads that were also liquidated so this increases your overall risk of being long in this market when these guys decide to take some profit because let's face it they are profitable right now mm -hmm. i mean two and three dollars worth of profit at these at these levels maybe even closer to four in some cases but the idea that we're with what we're seeing for them to to not even not even go short but just to have their their long position could could hit this market and i i think we've talked about this and i've talked about this with a lot of customers too is i don't think that the funds necessarily are going to forget about this market they may take some take some risk off the table take some profit off the table but as they go into into this summer they're probably they probably are setting themselves up to be able to pile right back into it if that hot and dry forecast comes to fruition mm -hmm. and then you know they build themselves right back up to near these record levels and they hang on to it until we find out whether or not we've got a crop right so. and that very well can be the potential because when we have seen the drought years it wasn't until the first second week of june that we started pricing that in yeah. and between now and June, you got about three, four weeks in total before you get to that time frame where we st typically start pricing it in. And just as we've seen to the top side, especially with now expanded limits for both corn and beans, you can make these very quick moves and they can set themselves up for a lower price to be buying back in at this point in the matter of two days if beans want to use their entire limits and that's a two dollar drop potential yeah. well, actually 250 if yeah. they go into expanded limits and we've we we talked about this last week and and you know for tuesday wednesday and thursday of last week that's what it looked like was happening we were going to see this market uh, completely give back uh you know 
half of some of these gains that they've seen. But um, here's something else that uh, that you see a lot when you're reading uh, commentaries or you're on Twitter or anything like that. And, and a lot of the old sayings about low prices cure low prices, high prices cure high prices. But there's the idea of uh, demand rationing or demand destruction uh, as we get to these upper echelon prices. Let's talk a little bit about that and what that means or what that could mean to these uh, to these markets as we move forward. Yeah, so like we saw in 2008, you went to a high of just shy of $8, I think, and then returned back sub 4 bucks, And for the next year, pretty much stayed down there before you started bouncing back up again in late 2010 to the peak of 2012. So right now we have these prices sitting where they're at. The new old crop is the only one that has broken to new highs this week with the new crop just kind of being cautious up here. But then on top of that, you have the December 22 that's sitting above five bucks and actually above 510 here on the Tuesday's trade. So we have high prices and we have high prices for a very long time frame out. And we could be killing that more long-term demand as opposed to what we're seeing right now, which is obviously we need the crop right now. And you see $5 corn, if you have people locking in for December 22, because they know they're gonna plant it and they're just doing something, especially if they own the land and they don't have to worry about rising inputs, you could see next year, on top of this year, a lot of corn planted again, and taking us right back down toward, and towards that 380, that we were hovering around for so many years before maybe a trial comes in and helps us back out or whatever it may be. But the longer term idea while we're up here, while everything's so euphoric on the front months, to look at the long term plan and realize the pain that was from 2013 to 2020 and what kind of opportunity you have longer term to be taken advantage of up here. Mm -hmm. And it should be noted that, you know, this isn't just a, a U.S. issue. The high prices are everywhere. Uh, whether it's Brazil, Argentina, and even domestic prices in China are incredibly high right now. That's one of the reasons you continue to hear these stories and these uh, these articles are written about the idea of changing the uh, the feed rations for uh, for livestock or updating uh, updating export uh, uh, taxes or import uh, tariffs or import taxes as well um, just because everybody's trying to keep prices in check so that they can actually feed these animals I mean you're talking about uh, corn prices at seven dollars for for uh, delivery right now or higher uh, for for animal feed for corn you're, you've got these high prices uh, for for meal and looking at switching to say sorghum or looking at switching to a, more of a wheat blend or rice or cassava or barley or whatever it is all of these prices for every single one of these commodities are elevated right now and that is something that's not going to change now the only uh, of the livestock that we trade, the only one that actually seems to care is cattle. Cattle continue to, to back off these highs that we just saw, say, a month ago, whereas the hogs continue to trade on the emotion and the excitement of ASF over in China. So this is another thing where, okay, yeah, the, the hog producers are making solid money on the uh, as it goes up, 
so it helps to offset that uh, that cost. But these cattle producers are just getting hammered uh, in both directions. Yeah, a couple of weeks back with that basis flip you saw on the board in the cash market, it's definitely definitely shown mm-hmm. very well in in the cattle market. And with hogs going the way they are, seeing them close to on the board to cattle is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely odd yeah i mean you're within i think today you're within two to three dollars of the front months uh uh converging uh in cat in live cattle and and hogs it's it's unbelievable so um a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity obviously there's a lot of risk in these markets and there's a lot of risk to uh not just in the market but in your own situation with your own operations so we need to make sure that everybody keeps that in mind you have a lot more risk uh, to of downside even if it's in the short term what if something happens because we've seen this before like 2019 was a prime example of a year where we couldn't do anything but go up we saw 475 or 474 or whatever it was and then the market came back down and was like that's our chance to buy back into it and then we never return to those levels that is and i'm not saying this is anywhere near the same mm-hmm. but there are those 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 potential pitfalls to these markets where if something changes fundamentally let's say a, a trade deal changes or let's say we do end up with a with a good crop we may have ourselves a a price problem that uh, people were not necessarily ready for because everything is so bullish right now mm-hmm yeah, keeping the everything in check, knowing what the numbers are saying as opposed to what it's being framed, and knowing the full story besides just diving into this right now. And like we said, it looks very bullish short term, and as of right now, it continues to look bullish. But those longer term ideas, the longer term things that are going to keep the operation profitable needs to be focused on while you're still looking at great prices right now and at this point no need to completely stop on a dime but can at any moment so definitely be watching your risk if you guys have any questions please give us a call 800-262-7538 but for allendale this is mike lundgren with pride you guys have a great one out there